So a slightly different start to the One Punch Pod here on BT Sport. Yeah, we've had a little bit of breaking news happen since we did the record. We record on a Monday and uh, Conor McGregor must have forgotten to get the notice because he's dropped what he classes as a quick announcement, which has sent the whole of uh, social media sphere on fire with his uh, announcing his retirement from mixed the sport formerly known as mixed martial arts. So I'll read the statement. We've got Brad Pickett here. Uh, alongside me, Brian Lacey, just to give you our initial reaction and to see exactly what Brad makes of this. So, hey, guys, quick announcement. I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial arts today. I wish all my old colleagues colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my form, former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. Do you picture him sipping pina coladas into the sunset now, Brad? Well, uh, to be honest with this, I, I, I'm calling shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's a little bit of a, a power kind of ploy kind of thing. Uh, don't get me wrong. He, he's, of course, if he wants to choose his society, he's kind of he's earned enough money, he's earned enough things within the sport to live uh, a nice, prosperous life. Him and his children after this, he's done great things. But uh, I think it's a little bit of. Uh, him trying to negotiate in his next fight, he wanted to get a piece of the company. And I think that's, I, I, I don't believe the UFC uh, are, uh, got any leniency on that. And that's what I think he's, in a weird way, he's like, oh, cool, cool, fine, I'm done then, kind of thing. Because he is strange, because he's probably, the UFC is massive. But in some reason, I just kind of feel like Conor McGregor is actually more known than the UFC itself. Uh, so he's massive, but I don't see them budging as the UFC because I don't know if you've seen the statements by uh, Dana White. Dana White saying, yeah, cool, fine, you know, enjoy retirement and that sort of stuff. So he's like saying, yeah, the guy deserves to retire. You know, he doesn't need to get punched in the face. He's earned enough money and all that sort of stuff. So he's kind of like saying, oh, farewell, Connor, kind of thing, rather than, it's sorry. In, in my, my ways, it feels like you try to make a girlfriend jealous. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you for somebody else. Do you want me or not? And then I think Dana White is kind of calling his bluff by saying, "Oh yeah, fine, enjoy yourself, have a nice time," kind of thing. So, yeah, I do think it's uh, Adam. Really, I, I think it's all games at the moment. So. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where he hadn't retired before, if you remember. So this is technically the second time he's retired. Yeah, it's the se- second time he's retired. And when he retired last time, he was had a fight announced within two days. So um, I think I yeah. think a lot of people are on the same side as you are. The fact that he, he everything is calculated. Everything is a move. And if you look at what happened with him in the Cowboy Cerrone fight, there was arguments over, and he, he, if you saw that viral video of him stood on the bar talking to fans, he was talking about the fact that if he was going to be a co-main event, he wants a slice of the pie, this ESPN deal. He wants he wants a piece of the UFC. Um, and I think this is exactly as you said, it will be just a little play to, um, uh, to try and make the mark in there. Because like you said, I, th- I think he's grown. He made that statement where he said, we're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. And, and let's be honest, he, he didn't just take part. If you look at what he's been able to do with the sport and what he's been able to negotiate in terms of everything, right down to his proper whiskey on the canvas, uh, he took over as well. So, um, But if this, is, if this is the last we see of Conor McGregor, what, 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 what do you think of his legacy? What do you think of what he's done for the sport? 
He's not done. He's not done. I'm not buying You're not even biting. You're not even biting. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying his proper whiskey. Uh, you know, like, so like, so I really, I'm really not buying it. I'm really not, you know, like, so if I do want to go back, uh, he's done amazing things for the sport, you know, like amazing things. Or well, my highlight would be, uh, it could be two things. And for me, I was, I was just about to say him knocking out, Conor, uh, him knocking out, um, uh, yeah, Jose Aldo, who's been a dominant champion for many, many years in 12 seconds, uh, or him being a double champ, first double champ, that was just amazing in itself. So, yeah, he's done, I mean, just great things other than MMA, but like I say, he's not done. I'm well, not listen, 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 I've got to say as well, I think the person, one of the people he looks up to, well, maybe not, he wouldn't say looks up to, but the model you got to follow as, as a prize fighter, the person who's made the most money out of prize fighting in this on this planet in this universe uh is floyd money mayweather and he's made more money on comeback fights with all of his retirements maybe this is just setting up that big money comeback fight for the future whoever it might be nate diaz habib cowboy cerrone whoever it is uh his pay-per-view numbers have gone up and up since he started but but look we're gonna um we're going to dig into this properly next week. We're going to see what the reaction is. We're going to see if he gets a fight announced in the next two days. Uh, and we'll be back <laughs> on fight. Monday. So we'll leave you now with the uh, the original episode, episode three of the One Punch Pot. Sit back, relax, enjoy it. Let us know what you think as well. Do you think uh, Conor McGregor is done or will he be back? Hashtag One Punch Pod. Get involved. All right, thanks. So welcome to episode three of the One Punch Pod here on BT Sport. It's a sunny day outside, but there's no place I'd rather be than down in the basement with this man, Mr. Brad Pickett. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. I'm all good. Giving yeah. Bonnie a little massage there. Yeah, Look I at am. that. Yeah, she's my walker with my uh, like little stress ball. You know, like yeah. you can never be mad when you have this little fluff thing around. So she helps me out. There yes. you go. I can she's see she's that. like soothing. My, she's my medical dog. There you go. There you go. Well, welcome back once again. So it's me, Brian Lacey and Brad Pickett uh, with episode three of the One Punch Pod. Thank you again for tuning in, downloading, listening, even watching. We were out on the, on the YouTube channel for BT Sport as well this week. So continue to help support this podcast. Uh, get involved. Hashtag One Punch Pod. Uh, on YouTube, you can check it out. YouTube forward slash BT Sport. Lots of great stuff on there as well. You can see Dan Hardy's open mat, which is superb. Uh, they broke down the, the UFC London card. They'll be breaking down other cards as well. And then you can also check it out on Twitter, Instagram at BT Sport and at BT Sport UFC on Twitter. So we've got a, a show today with loads in it. We've got the recap of UFC Nashville, Pettis comeback from behind with a potential KO of the year, honorary mentions for other fights on the card, as well as an interview with MMA royalty. Two royals of MMA UK uh, are joining us, not just you, Brad, but Michael the Count Bisbing. And then we'll look ahead to what is potentially one of my favourite matchups that I've seen in a very long time. UFC Philadelphia, Barboza taking on Justin Gaethje. But first of all, let's talk about that bit of news that broke last week. TJ Dillashaw 
coming out on Instagram about some adverse findings on uh, uh, after his fight with Henry Cejudo um, from the New York State Athletic Commission. I mean, I'll read what he said and then I'm going to get your reaction to it. Uh, obviously, at the minute, nothing's been proved as far as what was that the supplement was or what the taint in the supplement was or the adverse findings are. But uh, we'll just get some reaction because it's been... It's, it's been massive as far as a, a bit of news last week. So TJ Dillashaw came out on Instagram, broke the news. He said, to all my fans, I want to be the first one to let you know that USADA and the New York State Athletic Commission have informed me of an adverse finding in a test taken from my last fight. While words can't even begin to express how disappointed I am at this time, please know that I am working with my team to understand what has occurred and how to resolve the situation as quickly as possible. Out of fairness and respect to the rest of my division, I've informed the UFC that I'll voluntarily relinquish my title while I deal with this matter. I want to thank you all in advance. What were your thoughts when you had that that bit of news? Well, without digging too deep into it, as in I'm always one of those people, uh, innocent till proven guilty. So when these things flag up, you know, sometimes I do feel I feel sorry for some fighters, you know, because they could maybe never done anything in their life, and this could be tainted their career completely without it being proven and then once it's you're flagged up for it it's like like a lot of celebrities nowadays when something goes bad they get dumped for something and they get arrested when you get arrested for something you're not convicted of it no you're just but there's a perception yeah. in there that comes with it exactly so straight away you, you, your, your um, career or legacy could be tainted straight away but <laughs> but the big but is about me I'm more surprised if you want me to be really honest is it took him that long to catch him, you know? Wow. He's just, yeah, he was like, when you look at someone and how, how they are and all that sort of stuff and their body type without getting too technical, I could see a lot of things, you know, when I, okay. The, the, even Jeff Nowitzki, the, the guy who's in charge of uh, the UFC's side of, of the program, he's not a part of USADA, but he is basically somebody that liaises with USADA and the Athletic Commissions to when things like this happen. He said there is such a thing as an eye test as well, where you can actually, yeah, you have a... But the big bit that sort of followed this bit of news was uh, the, from the press conference from UFC 7, 217, I think, where it was him, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. And Jim Edwards, one of the, the UK MMA media, asked Cody about him mentioning before about some supplements that were maybe supercharged uh, as far as what he'd been implying during his statements and Cody Garbrandt said he, he, he came out with this line was that he's on everything he taught us all Team Alpha Male how to do it which but is what, which, saying that, is, that uh, is he kind of saying that he takes it himself well this, this was the thing this is what kind of double backfired now Cody Garbrandt might not be a lyrical master as far as understanding what and he just reacted like emotionally but that said some things in, yeah. in I mean, itself like, for me and when I look at body type I can tell you know, um, back, back in the day. And also, when he first started, he was actually a strength conditioning coach at Alpha Male before. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he used to be, he was, he was a strength conditioning coach to a lot of the athletes, and then, then he transitioned into MMA. But yeah, anyway, you get those body types. And like, Yusada obviously is a great thing, amazing for the sport, but even when I think about my, my career, when I look back at it, really looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, probably majority of the people I fought probably were on something, you know, 100%. And, like, when you say you have that eye test, where you say some people can see it, I actually got a little bit offended when, when the Yosada was about. I was in the American Top Team getting ready for a few of my fights, and I see Yosada come in there every day. I mean, like, every day. And I'd be like, 
Me today? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just flexing at the yeah, doorway, yeah. just like, doing some squats, I, I, bench pressing your personal best. And then the next day they come in again, I'm like, is it me today? And like, no, 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 no. It's so, so. And I'm thinking, what, are they looking at me and going, obviously this guy <laughs> is chance. definitely not on anything. <laughs> not you know? a chance. So I bet, obviously, I did, I did get tested quite a few times, but um, completely clear. Uh, two ways I think about this. People who, who take steroids and stuff like that, you know, like... For me, it's a mental thing as well, not just physically. Can we obviously you, you do see the physical advantages they can give people, yep. which I think in this sport is more dangerous than any other sport because we're physically You're hitting people with baseball yeah. bats, shins that are coming yeah. at you with all the power. So, if someone, if someone like who you said baseball, someone who's playing baseball, if they take stories, okay, they're smashing a baseball as hard as they can and he's going out in the stadium, yeah, okay, anyway, who's going to benefit from that? The spectators, yeah, but. When you punch each other the head and stuff like that, you, you yeah, it's the thin line to say you don't want to be supercharged and stuff like that. But before I digress completely, when I say the mental side of things, because if you take steroids and then you're fighting locally, well, you guess you're not getting tested. So yeah. it's not you're not like on a local scene, you may be using this to train. And then you're going to go, okay, I want to get to the UFC. If that's your goal to get to the UFC, you got to learn that steroids is not going to help you get there because once you it can help you get there, don't get me wrong. But once you're there, and then you have to take that away from you. The psychological effects yeah. is like I needed this to perform to get there. Now what I'm going to be like when I take this away? 100%. So this is what I always say to everyone I look after: like, look, stay away completely. If your goal is to get to the UFC, uh, where it is like you can't. Well, you, some people do, but you're going to get figured out. You're going to get caught. I mean, like, it's getting better and better every time the testing and stuff like that, so you will get caught out. If you don't want that headache, you know, like, if you don't want to be, you know, cycling and, I mean, like, when you say cycling, yeah, dope cycling, cycling in, in you know, the, knowing the what you're doing and that stress, you know, that's what I couldn't deal with. I mean, also being in my career, I've been around a lot of people who have done it and stuff like that. But for me, it's just, just the stress... I like it a nice, easy life, you know. Yeah. Like I'm quite a chill person, you know. Oh yeah, so like I just like no stress. So the stress of like, am I going to get tested? Am I going to get caught? I, it will just affect me mentally, and I Too always, much. always Dominant found myself being quite a mentally strong person when I fought, and I didn't want that mental, uh, what I say, chink in my armor. Uh, if I was on something, now I'm not on something, kind of thing, you know. So. Yeah, I, if, I mean, there is definitely a difference in some fighters pre-USADA, post-USADA. We've seen that in performances, physicality as well. But there is a thing, and you touched on it at the start, when as soon as it's mentioned, they just have to rate that basically when it comes out, TJ Dillashaw made people aware of this one. But if they make the announcement, as soon as it's announced, like you go on Twitter and everyone was hanging the man. It was a public execution. Yeah. And even USADA came out and they said the presumption of innocence under the rules is vital as part of, of an effective anti-doping program. But... The way they do it, that's the only bit they've, they've got to change or figure out what to do because as soon as anyone mentioned it, you look at uh, Tim Means, you know, Yoel Romero, Josh Barnett, all of those got um, they're either reduced or reversed because they found out it was a tainted supplement, something they didn't on purposely ingest. Yeah. Yes, they probably should be more aware of what they're putting in their body, but they, they were able to narrow it down. Josh Barnett, I think, was completely cleared, yet people still... That wasn't the big bit of news, but when he popped people, that was the news yeah, that of got, course. got all the traction. I completely understand that, but then you also look at people's actions. With TJ Dillashaw vacating his belt, he's like, oh, well, 
I'm going to get back the belt before it gets taken away from me. So the, he, in my eyes, he's kind of like saying, okay, you got me, guys. You know, you look at someone like Lance Armstrong. For, for many years, he was like going on about he, he never took anything. No, and Sued a lot of people that, yeah, that yeah, came I up mean, against him. Yeah, he, 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 yeah he, he took it to the next extremes. And like, TJ Joshua is a fantastic fight. And, and does steroids make the fight he is today? I honestly don't think so that okay. much. You know, yeah. me personally... It helps people train and recover from yeah. training. Yeah. So, you know, so he, it helps you train more than the average person. So yes, it is helping you get better. But at the end of the day, it's you throwing that jab. You, it's your mind telling you what to do. Yeah. Right. So for me, it it does help you in a lot of ways with your training. Uh, but, but but yeah, me, it's just like the the the, the stigma around it was n- never worth the risk. No, now, that. whatever you've done, whatever, you, like even like someone like an absolute legend like Anderson Silva, you know, like absolute legend, like one of the best fighters, pound for pound fighters to walk this planet, he's a bit tainted, totally you know? tainted. You know, and, and, that's... And, and and if you this when you start fighting, it's all about building a legacy. You know, for me personally, when I first started, it's like. I want to be a fan's favorite. I want, I want people to watch me fight and all that sort of stuff. So I, I've always fought for the fans. And then for me to feel like if my name would just got dragged through the gutter for some reason like that, it would break my heart, you know? So that's why I feel really bad for the people who've like done such a great career like, like Anderson Silva. Now it's kind of tainted. Lars Armstrong, the, the things he achieved were amazing. Doesn't mean nothing nowadays. So like, I don't see the point of putting that risk on yourself. If you know and, what I mean. and you look at the fall from grace. So he was Tito Gillespie up there with the talk of pound for pound best and fighting for one title while holding another. Basically two titles in that event have now been taken away from him, which now leaves not just the 125 pound division in a little bit of strife, but also the 135 pound division. And uh, uh, we'll keep our eye on that. I think they're looking at doing um, Henry Cejudo versus Marias which will then probably signal the end of the 125 division and, and then a new era of, of 135. But that's we'll, we'll, we'll watch it unfold. We'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll see how, how that bit of news affects uh, or moves on. But speaking of bad news in, into good news or crazy news, uh, we'll talk about the main event at USville, Nashville, UFC Nashville, or as they nicely call it, Smashville, which I quite enjoyed. There's quite a lot of decisions, so not that much smashing going on, but uh, the performance of the night, the comeback of the night, Anthony Pettis, for a story of a fighter that at one point was WEC champion, came in off the back of that Showtime kick against Benson Henderson, came in with so much hype into the UFC, was the first fighter on the Cheetos box, which... I don't know if you've got a favourite cereal, mate, but Cheetos are up there with mine, so it was it was a big thing for me. I used to like fruit. Was it Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops are pretty good as well. Cheerios, that'll do. Other cereals available, obviously. But from that to the point where he was bouncing from one forty-five division, one fifty-five, now one seventy. It looked like he was in a little bit of no man's land, and he looked like that in round one and most of round two, up to four minutes fifty-five seconds when he threw one of the greatest punches in UFC history, the Showtime hook, or as normal people call it, the Superman punch. What what a performance. I mean, for, for me, yeah, again, it just shows what this sport's all about. It's like anyone could win a fight, you know. When you're throwing punches around with four-ounce gloves on, you could change destiny within seconds, you know. So, like, he was completely losing that fight. Going into that fight, 
I, I even me, I picked why, it. Why? I picked it, picked why it, was he? That's, that's the yeah, big I picked question. Yeah, him as a massive underdog. Yeah. You know, because stylistically, Wonder Boy is a very awkward style to fight. Yeah, you know, he's a bit like a Machida kind of thing where he's very countery, evades, Long very skillful, well. but it was like a human chess match. You're yeah. watching these two fighters, good, but you see that the fighter inside Pettis wanted to come forward, even though it was like what he shouldn't really be doing, but he had to, but the, obviously he couldn't stand on the outside as well because uh, when the boy had, had the range at that sort of speed and he was getting lit up with that jab, it's a straight shot, boom, boom, just hitting him. And like I said, out of nowhere, he was first round down, losing the second round within 10 seconds. First, when I first saw it, I thought he kicked off the back of the cage. You know, I thought he, I thought he done like a Superman punch. Did he not do that? I thought no, he did. no, I thought he did. But when you look at it back, he didn't. It was literally just a Superman punch. It's weird. It didn't look like it landed that hard. And it not, literally knocked him out clean. The second two punches were, were overkill, but he was already out. And then you're thinking, hmm, you just saw Wonder Boy go five rounds with Darren Teal, who's a massive guy who hits Ten hard. rounds with Tyrone Ten Woodley. rounds with Tyrone Woodley. And nothing happened. And then this one little Superman punch, which for me didn't look like it collected that hard, yeah. dropped him. And you're like, wow. So like, it just shows that how crazy this sport is. And that's why it's so exciting, always exciting. And is to me, the number one combat sport. And I always, when I started getting into fighting myself, Obviously, boxing was the the biggest combat sport in the world. And I was like, in my head when I started, I was like, I think MMA is going to surpass boxing as the number one combat sport in the world. And I, I did not think it would happen as fast as it has. I, I didn't know. I didn't think it would happen within my career, which I, I believe it had. You know, okay. but, but now the number one combat sport in the world is 100% MMA, mixed martial arts. Reason being is because of things like Saturday night where... <laughs> You'd never know what happens. It's such a spectator sport. When you have two boxers fighting, the best boxer is going to win. And that sounds very like obvious, but it is. You know, uh, when you have two wrestlers wrestling, the best wrestler is going to win. When you have two MMA mixed martial artists, anything it can happen. Anything, you mean, anything, like, anything can, can happen. happen. You know, yeah. so like that. That's what I say. Keeping to this day, it's the number one combat sport, most exciting sport. Uh, and, and looking at that, him coming into that fight, he's win loss, win loss, win loss. Uh, in his, I think he's six and four in his last ten fights. That Superman punch has now put him into a, an elite category of fighters, as pointed out by Conor McGregor when he, th- he congratulated him and welcomed him to the uh, the club where you've won in three weight divisions: one forty-five, one fifty-five. And 170. Him, Kenny Florian, and uh, uh, Conor McGregor are the only ones to do that. But by doing that yet again, I've won in four. You've won in four in the UFC. No, no. Okay, UFC. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Stop crying. Um, but three divisions in the UFC. But let's talk about Wonder Boy Thompson. That is 80 fights he has not been knocked out in, and then Pettis managed to do that. That might be his chin slowly because that does happen. We saw that with the likes of, of Chuck Liddell and other fighters. He doesn't get fighters. hit, so it's not as if his chin's been tested. Yeah, he's one of those fighters. That he just evades so many. I mean, he has such good like distance control yeah. he doesn't get hit very often and you saw when he got hit by Darren Till he fell down he got so, so maybe he doesn't have the most 
perfect chin as we think he does. But the, the most but, elusive. But he doesn't get yeah. hit, so it's hard to tell, you know? But he's, he's, he's a bit of a... He makes me smile, mate, because he put he's, a little video out afterwards and he is... Uh, like, you watch some of the head kick knockouts, you watch him flying around the cage, beating the crap out of Johnny Hendricks and people like that. And then in hospital, after the thing, he puts out this little video... And he is the night you you take him he home is. to mama. He's yeah. like he doesn't swear at all. He's just like gosh darn it, oh that's total bull. Uh, he's like he's just one of those fight. Just the way he is, you can't believe that he's as vicious as he is in the. Uh, or, but he's, he's not vicious. That's the thing. Isn't some it? of those head kicks are, are ridiculous. He's, no, he's, he, I get you. I get what he you mean. is not a fighter. Yeah, he's a mixed martial artist. You know, like he's well for me epitomise what mixed martial arts is. It's a game of chess for him, you know. So he, he has no animosity towards anyone he fights, kind of thing. You saw him as soon as he, when he got knocked, woke up, should you say, he goes to bed and says, oh, what was that? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> and Pedro said, oh, I think he was Superman. Man. She's like, oh, that was a good one. You know, <laughs> where, you know so like, straight away. So he's just like, he has no animosity. He knows this is a sport and, and he's doing this for challenges, you know, sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah, a bit different to myself, as in like myself, I always always the same, I always class myself a mixed martial arts, but I was in a very aggressive fire. But that was more I was more aggressive towards the way I didn't want to lose. I was too competitive where it wasn't like me being a mixed martial arts. I hated losing, so I fought very aggressively, but I still like like with uh Wonder Boy, I had never had any animosity towards anyone I ever competed against. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure he'll be back. Anthony Pettis now, that's opened up a whole new chapter in his career. Once again, he's rejuvenated himself with, with, with one single strike, one punch. Excuse the pun, but let's, <laughs> let's see how that unfolds. Other fights on the card, we'll give a quick honorary mention to Macy Barber, who's the youngest UFC fighter on the roster, 20 years old, took on J.J. Aldrich. J.J. Aldrich is one of Rose Namajunas' sparring partners. Macy Barber has got this thing on her phone where she wants to beat John Jones's record. She wants to get the UFC title before she's 23. So she's got a little countdown timer on there. She's already nicknamed the future. She's got all this stuff going on. She had to come through a bit of adversity in the first, but then came back and got an impressive finish. Are you impressed by this young talent? Yeah, I am. It was, like I say, there's still a lot of holes in her game. You know, 100% you can see that. But you see the hunger that she knows she's not perfect uh, and she wants to go back and train and get better and better. And they're the sort of performances where you take a lot out of it, where yeah. you make mistakes, but you still come through winning. So you're like, brilliant. You don't want to make mistakes and lose and learn from a loss. If you make mistakes and still win, it's brilliant. And it showed good, tough sort of character from her because it was a very tough first round. She was definitely getting beat, you know, the whole round. And then she came back strong in the second round. And uh, I think it was JJ, like, she looked great in the first round. I mean, when the tables turned, she was like, yeah, I can't hack this. You yeah, know? Yeah. So he showed a lot of grit from uh, um, Macy Barber. And uh, I like to see future. She's very young, you know. 20, obviously. mate. So she's she got plenty of time, you know. Yeah. So the last thing I would want her to do is rush there because you know, still, she still needs a lot of development. So I wouldn't say try and beat John Jones by as quick as you can. You can still try and beat her, but don't don't rush there because obviously that that, that division is a lot of good girls in that weight division now. Uh, and then you look up at the heavyweights of Curtis Blaze took on Big Pretty, out wrestled him completely, and then said the phrase which Dana White probably didn't want to hear that he wants to be the Habib of the heavyweight division, which 
when you talk about heavyweights, you want exciting fights, really, don't you? And I'm sure that didn't light up uh, Dana White's eyes. But the fight I really want to give an honourable mention to is Bryce Mitchell versus Bobby Moffat. Not just because it was an awesome fight, top of the prelims, back and forth. Bryce Mitchell just took it. They both were in some good subs. Bryce almost got uh, submitted by Das. He had the triangle on Bobby Moffat that he got out of, which was great from both fights. Really close fight. But the journey back from Bryce Mitchell, do you know about his accident that happened last year in August? No, but you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you, mate. You might, just, you, might, you might want to get a tissue, right? So he also does construction, and he was uh, doing a job, and he was climbing up a ladder. And he had a power drill, but he didn't have his belt on, so he just popped it down his trousers. Oh, my God. And as he stepped up the ladder, the drill went on and uh, entangled certain parts of his body. Uh, not all of them, but basically, he then had to stand at the top of the ladder, look down, unwind, and then go back. This was just before he was about to make his UFC debut as well, um, off the back of his contenders. I think he was on the contenders series for Dana White. <laughs> he had to literally turn the drill on. Do you know when you have to do it in reverse? to unwrap everything and then drive himself to the hospital and uh, uh, that journey back obviously a cra- sense of humour the, the guy he, he didn't Instagram the whole thing but he put up certain posts as he's things were happening he's even Instagram when that's going on it's nuts isn't it nuts excuse the pun but he went and then uh, <laughs> oh, he's mate. made the journey back from that injury from all the he's screw- got balls he's got quite literally quite literally uh, but he came back and that was his first fight back since then so for me just a little honorary mention for Bryce Mitchell to overcome that he's got, have, he's got to get a nickname yeah, yeah yeah, he's got that but we'll give one other a shout out Marlon Vera beat Frankie Sainz and I, I'll mention it because he finished Frankie Sainz and one of the names that was on the tip of his tongue was someone you're pretty close to as far as who's next Nathaniel Wood yeah I mean like uh, to be honest I think that's a very good win for Chi. when I looked so I think I didn't think he would uh, beat Frankie Sainz to be honest because obviously he's improved but when I, when I fought uh, Chio. I completely out-wrestled him. And Frankie Sainz is a very good wrestler. Very good wrestler. Yeah, very good wrestler. Yeah. Um, obviously, my English wrestling is a lot better. But, um, they, you know, but I out-wrestled him completely uh, within my fight. Uh, so I thought Frank, was, Frankie Sainz was going to be a hard one. So how he's done it is now he's on a three-fight winning streak. He's looking good. Three finishes in a row. Obviously, there's been always been a bit of a chat between him and... Um, and Nathaniel Wood, reason that all sparked off, if people didn't know, obviously I fought Cheetah in my last fight. He finished me with a kick in the, in the last like minute of the last round. In my eyes, I was winning the whole fight, every minute of that fight, and then took my eye off the prize and got dropped. But since then, obviously Nathaniel, as he came into the UFC, said he wants to revenge all my losses. Most of the people like Uriah Faber have, like, have retired. You know, He's got a knock on Alpha Male's yeah. gym. Oi, step outside, Faber. <laughs> Demetrius Johnson has gone to 1FC. Uh, so I don't think there's many current people within the UFC that I've fought, if that makes sense. Ivan Manjavar's gone. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think maybe Chito Vera and... And maybe Eddie Wineland, I think, I think there may be two, maybe still. Yeah, Wineland's uh, still fighting, yep. Um, yeah, so obviously he called out everyone that, that uh, who beat me in my, in my career. And the only one who really bit hard, you know, like was Cheetah Vera. And they had a bit of like back and forth yeah. kind of chatting and stuff like Even with myself, but, like me and Cheetah Vera started chatting back. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and he actually sent me, he sent, he sent me like personal messages saying, look, you know, I'm only joking. I'm just trying to... Try and... I've I'm met like, him. He's a nice guy, yeah, man. So, yeah, of course. All good. It's yeah, all good. Yeah. 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 But uh, for me, it makes sense. Good fight. I mean, Nathaniel's uh, won, won his three, last three, three and three, three and three versus three and three. Yeah. Both kind of good rankings. 
both really recently just fought, so let them have a little bit of a break, you know. And then I think this is the fight to make, you know, for that division. Well, there we go. We talk about uh, the prospect, the rising talents of UK MMA. Let's talk to somebody who's made their mark and uh, is getting recognised for it as well. So we're going to jump to the phones. We're going to speak to the one, the only, Mr. Michael Bisbing. So look, it's me, Brian Lacey, with not just one UK MMA legend, but MMA royalty. Now we are joined by the Count Michael Bisbing. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, my friend. Always a pleasure to speak with Brad and yourself, of course. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we're first of all going to say congratulations. We should be upstanding. There should be a national anthem playing. There should be something going on there. But congratulations that the Hall of Fame, as it it sort of set in, is that what your thoughts and feelings on that? Yeah, well, well, first off, thank you very much. But when you say has it set in, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's in an incredible honour to be, you know, to be honoured like that. It really is. And I had no idea it was going to happen. But for me, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. Of course it's a big deal. But I don't, like, think about it like I've achieved something. It's just, it just, it is what it is. I mean, it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just business as usual. It's just another day. I don't walk around thinking, hey, I'm now in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's, just it's, it's very beautiful that they did that. And I'm deeply touched. Obviously, uh, a lifetime work went into that to achieving that. So it's outstanding. It really is. Uh, uh, was it really a surprise? Because because uh, it was one of those moments where they announced at UFC London, they put that VT up, and it was almost like an award ceremony when when they know they've won the award, but they got to act surprised. Was it genuinely? I know you're a good actor, mate. I've seen you in some films now. What, what was it genuinely a, a total surprise? Yeah, no, one hundred percent absolute surprise. And it turns out that everybody knew. Um, <laughs> My wife knew, the production people obviously knew. They said they'd been working on that piece for five months and they said there was a couple of times they were, you know, they were having a meeting about it and I almost walked into the room and like, wait, 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 he's here, he's here. And then even the head of production at UFC, Zach Candito, he was setting me up the night before. We're at the hotel bar. I mean, obviously I don't drink, you know what I mean? But I've just been sociable. And uh, I'm chatting away and Zach Candito's like, so much. Don't you think you should be getting a bit of recognition from this company? And I'm like, yeah, give me no respect and all the rest of it. And he just continued asking questions where I was digging myself deeper and deeper. <laughs> and then on the night, he said, listen, um, we're going to do a little piece. We'd love you to walk down and sit in the crowd. You know how they do sometimes when they film the fighter. I said, oh, that'll be cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, great, great. So uh, that's what I thought was going on. I'm looking at the screen, and it's a very touching piece, you know, and... Uh, Anytime I see my wife and kids on there, because, I mean, Brad will tell you that, I mean, that's why we do this, you know, that's why yeah. we put ourselves through all this sacrifice and, and the wear and tear in our bodies, we're doing to try and create a better life for our family. So anytime I see them on there, you know, I, I got a little emotional and I had a little tear in my eye. And uh, with my eye injuries, I don't see very well at the best of <laughs> So I saw something about home space, and I thought I was just being like nominated for it or something and then uh, it was only shortly after that I realised I was actually in the Hall of Fame so yeah yeah it, it's great so um, when can we see uh, like a, an actual statue uh, built of, of yourself <laughs> in Clitheroe mate Rocky-esque we need that done don't we we do we definitely well, this, is what I'm, this is what I've been going on about for a while I'm like come on guys what is going on I mean the only famous person to come from Clitheroe, not that I'm famous, by the way, I'm not saying that, a comedian <laughs> in, like, the 40s called Jimmy Clitheroe. 
I'm like, come on. You know, there's, there's a statue. Now, fair enough, it's a war memorial. So uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that to be ripped down in my favour, but I am suggesting it. <laughs> but just tear down a war memorial in honour of the Count Michael Bisbee. Yeah, I love it. There. It's, at the, it's at the top of the castle steps. You know, it's much like the rocky steps in Philadelphia. So I just, you know, give that statue a bit of company. You know, give him a nice bronze Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, Michael, is that obviously to have your statue up, that is still another war memorial because the amount of wars you've been in your career, 100%. I think it's, it's exactly the same thing. But would you want to go for a young Michael Bisping where you haven't been in those wars or one that is now, obviously, you have a lot more battle scars? Yeah, that's a good question, you know, and, and it seems like I'm giving a cheeky plug here, but I'm not. So I've got a movie that just came out called Triple Threat, a, uh, a martial arts movie, and I was reading a couple of the reviews and the review said... You can clearly see that the wear and tear have taken his toll on Michael Bisping's boyish good look. I'm like, what are you talking about? A bit of character on the face is a good thing. So, uh, yeah, Tell stories. Go with the young version. That's that, that's quality. Would you even go as far as to roll out the old DJ Mikey B days? With the would you like like the decks up there as well as the gloves and uh, and belt? The less said about the DJ Mikey B days, the better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that there. You know, the amount of people that are always trying to get me to DJ places, it's like, mate, I don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that, that, that time is uh, long past me by. Well, so, you don't think if you went down different paths, you could have had a different career, you know, be, being in IB for beaches and you know, stuff like that, playing in front of thousands rather than fighting? Yeah, well, I tried, and then I realised I was never going to be the next Carl Cox or Judge Jules. But I certainly, <laughs> certainly had a good goal. I was doing all right back in the day. I was pretty... You know, I had a good reputation in the northwest of England. Used to work at a lot of clubs, but uh, fighting, unfortunately, is more my speed. So, uh, so yeah, we went with that. I, I, I've got to say as well, if you ever do decide to dust off the decks, if you're looking for an MC, MCOP, who's sat opposite uh, me right now, have you ever heard Brad Pickett rap? Oh, um, mate, I can only imagine. <laughs> Listen, anything Brad wants to do, he can do well. So I'm sure. Literally, I'm, I am. The, my mind, you know what I'm saying? I'm the lyrical miracle, Mike. <laughs> Oh, yeah. a miracle and a cunning linguist at that. <laughs> I love it. So look, let's have a little talk about what, what else is going on with you. Because I saw you going around uh, Clitheroe. You're filming a documentary, is that right? Or were you actually looking at the castle thinking, do you know what, I can buy that now. That would be one for the addition of, uh, of the property market. No, yeah, I was up the castle and I was looking at this some statue of some war veteran. I'm like, what is he doing there? This should be a statue of me. <laughs> That's what I was now, do you know what, to be honest, I was always terrified of, uh, you know, quitting fighting because... That's all I knew, you know, and I used to work dead-end job after dead-end job back in the day, and, you know, I was always terrified of going back to that kind of lifestyle. But since I retired, things could not be going any better, if I'm honest. You know, I sound like I'm having a little humble brag, but I'm not. You know, you are. Things are going really good. I mean, as you say, I'm working on the documentary. Uh, that's going to be amazing. It really is. It's a very, very high-level production. Uh, I've got a book coming out soon through Penguin Publishers. I've got my podcast, Believe You Me, so you yes, and I can yeah. you. So check that out, guys. Bit of acting work and uh, working for the UFC, doing the uh, analyst and commentary stuff as well. So I'm a busy boy, unfortunately. Are you finding more... Are you finding yourself more busy than you were when you fired? Because that's what I find myself. I actually, you kind of like juggling more hats than yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. You know, everyone's always like, "Congrats on the retirement," and I'm like, "Retirement? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm more busy now. I've actually got to work in the past. I could just have a row." two or three times a year, and I do nothing. Now I'm out hustling, I'm trying to make it work, I'm 
you know, doing this, that and the other, you know. So uh, I only ever see the kids, unfortunately. I'm away most weekends. Right now I've been living out of a suitcase for a month. I started off in Vegas, then I went to Wichita, then I was in Toronto, then London, Manchester, now I'm back in London. Fortunately, though, my wife and kids, they land there on Thursday, and uh, we get to be bored out of our heads in Clifford on <laughs> Well, let's talk about that, because you've made your life now out in uh, out in the States, but you, you've got three children, Callum, Lucas, and Ellie. Are they growing up with, because my brother lives abroad as well, and he's got kids, have they got English accents, or have they started to pick up the American twang? Yeah, well, Lucas, we, he was one when we moved there. And we've been there for eight years now, which has flown by. So he, he's, he's full on American. It's all he knows, you know, unfortunately. Callum uh, <laughs> and they're 16 and 17, and they blend. You know, they're like chameleons, you know what I mean? Depending on their surroundings, depends on how they talk. Just recently, my daughter Ellie and her best friend were in the car. I was dropping them off somewhere. And my daughter forgot her phone, and she went, Oh my God, Dad, Dad, stop, stop, stop. I forgot my phone. I went running into the house. And her friend, and it's her best friend, as I say, she went, Oh my God, has Ellie got a British accent? That's awesome. You know, so she didn't know she had a British accent. That's how she put it on. Also, I, I see, obviously, your son Cullen does a lot of wrestling and you go to a lot of his wrestling practices. Do you get very competitive as a dad watching your, your son compete? Oh, listen, it makes me so proud to see what he's doing, you know. He only started wrestling, as they say in America, as a freshman, which means that the first year at high school. Typically, the really high-level wrestlers, they start when they're four or five years old. Yeah. He did start, he was 14. He's one of the best wrestlers in California, and that means the country, because California yeah. is the toughest wrestling state. He just signed a scholarship agreement with San Francisco State University. And one of the things that really makes me proud is that the university... I've already been liaising with the British wrestling team. So hopefully, uh, he, may, he may be living in America, he may be getting trained by Americans, but he's still got a British passport. <laughs> exactly. So Jack is going to train him, and we're going to, uh, we're, we're gonna, he's going to represent Great Britain or England. So I'm very, very proud of that. Dude, what, what's it going to be like being the second most decorated combat sports athlete in your house then? How are you going to cope with that? Well, I always say to him, Callum, I say, listen, Callum, you're a very, very good wrestler. But you know what the best takedown in the book is? And he says, what? I say, I left up. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of size, what sort of size is Callum now? Because when I see him on your Instagram, he looks pretty big. He's getting like a big kid. So you ever get to the stage where you think, oh, I always used to say, isn't like, my dad was always a lot older than me and I, and I got a little bit big and I was like... That's usually our older yeah, than you, mate. That's, of that's course, how it works. that makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, well, but, I mean, he's six foot two now. He's like wow. pounds, old muscle, yeah. He's a big lump, but he's a fantastic kid. He really is. Fortunately, he takes after his mother. It's awesome to talk to you, but I would be remiss if I didn't get a cheeky plug in and let the people of the UK know that they need to keep an eye out and get ready to cancel their gym memberships because UFC Gym UK is hitting the British Isles. We have the first gym opening in Nottingham. We have a second one opening in Woking. And before and between all that, there's going to be a lot of UFC gym, gyms opening up across England. So, yeah, so keep an eye out for that, guys. And that pre-sale is now open. Yeah, Nottingham and Woking people can go on the pre-sale and order their subscription, cancel whatever gym they're with and uh, and start training like a UFC fighter, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, 100%. And, you know, they're a fantastic environment for your children, for the whole family. Uh, Am I right saying that you have one over in America at the moment? Yeah, that's right. I have one in UFC gym, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa, California. 
Uh, and as I say, for the kids, it's a very positive environment. Everybody knows about the benefits of martial arts for your children. Discipline, respect, confidence, all that type of stuff. Not to mention self-defense. And then they also offer state-of-the-art fitness classes. So it's not just about going in there and getting punched. It's a very family-friendly environment. And uh, please, please, please check it out when uh, you become aware of one. Superb, mate. That's very exciting. You're going into that. And before before we let you disappear, we'll just look back on, on your career very quickly. What what was the highest moment for you? Is it winning the belt or is it knowing that Luke Rockhold still turns in his bed wishing you could get that rematch? <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah, I mean, obviously winning the belt was a big one. You know, of course, that was my life dream. So, yeah, that was amazing. But then defending it in Manchester, that was just as special. And then also beating Anderson Silva in London. What Next a fight. Time in the UK. That, 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 that was always the best memories for me. And I say it all the time, and Brad, you must feel it as well, you know, the love and the passion from the UK MMA fans yeah. is, is unbelievable. There's really no crowd like it in the, in the world. And I'm just proud that I played my little part in it all, you know? It wasn't a little part, mate. You've flown the flag. You've Definitely. absolutely uh, trailblazed a path and uh, shown about grit, determination, all not just physically but mentally what you needed to be able to do this. And when you look down the roster of English fighters, UK fighters now, which ones stand out for you that, that can carry that torch next? Well, I've got to say, and I'm not just saying this because we've got brothers on the phone or in the studio, but and I feel bad because I forgot his name. What was he called? Danny something? Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, Nathaniel, there he is. Nathaniel Wood, I was miles off. Um, <laughs> he knows a bloke called Danny something. I'm sure of it. That's Yeah, yeah. So he was incredible. His skill set looks outstanding. I'm sure with Brad at the helm, he's going to do big things. And what a lovely kid as well. Just no ego, just a nice kid. But he had a fantastic performance. Definitely keep an eye out for that one. Obviously, Darren Till, you know, it was a shame what happened there. But, you know, he lost to uh, Mazadon, lost to Woodley. But it's a tough sport. And when you're fighting the best people in the world... Sometimes, unfortunately, that happens, you know. So, uh, he'll be back, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I think UK mixed martial arts right now is at one of the strongest points it's ever been in. Obviously, the sport is getting more well-recognised, more notoriety. So, more people are getting involved. So, uh, I'm proud to play my part, and I'm sure Brad is. And uh, I look forward to seeing the next generation of fighters do big things. Mr. Bisping, before you go, just uh, for me and you, obviously we shared many uh, cards together for our careers. Obviously in the UFC, I fought in the Anderson Silver card, but you did, and I fought in the same one as you and you fought Dan Henderson in Manchester. But going back in the day, do you ever remember those days back in uh, the Wembley Conference Centre for Cage Rage when you fought like... Hey, are you serious? Of course I do. I remember that. <laughs> like, he's a little guy with a hat on, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I, but I was like, yeah, he's a little bit cheesy with the heart, but he went out there and you could bang, mate. So You remember fighting Mark the Beast Epstein. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, I banged him out in the first one, I banged him out in the rematch, but he still claims to this day that he slipped, which is hilarious. <laughs> but God bless him, God bless him. Um, no, I was always a massive fan of yours, Brad, so great to see you doing well. Congrats, congratulations on everything. And on that note, guys, I'm starving, okay? People, <laughs> but chicken, and I've got risotto sat on a table my mouth is watering so I'm going to say goodbye alright mate you go enjoy the food thank you once thanks again thanks for coming on Michael and we'll, we'll speak to you soon we'll give the UFC hey, gyms a plug time, but you're going to come on my podcast I'll ret- 100% I'll return the favour you let me know when you want me and uh, I'll be there you got it buddy alright best of luck with everything guys Take cheers care. mate bye-bye. Bye-bye. all the best So that was the Count Michael Bisbee. Just saying, maybe we should start a campaign to get him knighted. The knight, Sir Michael Bisbee. What do you reckon? He's got a shout. He's definitely got a shout. He'd have to probably uh, 
tone down his language for the Queen, you know. <laughs> but, but apart him, from that. him and Prince Philip would be the greatest Christmas table ever, wouldn't it? You could just imagine what was going on there. He probably wouldn't be able to put anything out. But uh, uh, we want to say a massive thank you to Michael Bisping. Congratulations once again and good luck with these UFC gyms. So at UFC Gym UK, that is where you can follow some of the uh, the information and see when they're coming out. Nottingham and Woking pre-sales for their subscriptions, their membership are open already and they're going to have quite a few opening up and hopefully maybe, maybe a, uh, a crooked nose UFC legend himself might be involved in, in doing something over there. What do you reckon? Maybe, maybe. I've got my my eyes set kind of like on um, doing my uh, GBTT still kind of thing. Great British top team for Great, all those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. Yeah, still, I'm still got, got my eyes on that, you know. But uh, it's kind of like, um, kind of like, I'm still having loads of trouble trying to find a, a suitable venue. Apart from my garden, that's not boring. That's not boring with uh, with logistics, mate. We'll just we'll announce it when uh, when it comes out. But speaking of boring fights, oh my goodness, what a dull fight we've got ahead of us at UFC Fight Night Philadelphia. Barboza versus Gaethje. That is definitely going decision, mate. Don't you think? <laughs> what do you reckon? Two of the dullest fighters in the UFC. Two of the worst leg kickers on the planet going... This is going to be a grappling match. That's it, mate. Just cuddles. I don't, don't even... No, li- w- when this fight was announced, I, I literally started drooling. Whereas, to be, to be fair, any fight that Justin Gaethje gets a ma- uh, announced in, he's like, oh, that's great. Him, him versus Poirier, great fight. Him versus... Eddie him. Alvarez. Yeah, Everyone, Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah ev- all going... Well, mate, he is, he's called the highlighting for a reason. And But he's one... Obviously, he always takes two to tango, but he's one side of a good fight. But you need to match him up accordingly. Uh, and when you got people like like Eddie Alvarez, they're the perfect dancing partner yeah, for him. Dustin Poirier, and I also 100%. Think with uh, uh, Barbosa, like Gaethje versus Khabib. Yeah, whatever. I'm up for that, mate. Because what's underrated is Gaethje is actually one of the most decorated wrestlers. He's never wrestles. He never. He never ever, wrestles. But no. you look at his accolades. He is at, he's known no, as no, one of the no. greatest wrestlers. No, no, he's no, got, no, 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 no. Accolade wise, yeah, no, no, he no, is no, up no. there. He's got, got it, but he just doesn't use it. Yeah, exactly. He just wants yes, to I bang. Mean, he, he just wants to bang. But putting that up against somebody like Habib, I'm game for that because let's find out what his wrestling's I, like. I do think it feels like our, our wrestle because wrestling for uh, MMA is completely different to wrestling on a wrestling mat. 100%. It's so different. People don't really get that. As in, like, the reason I could say that is because... I am not a good wrestler. If I wrestled a wrestling match of anyone, really, who wrestles... Me? Even... No, 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 you. (laughs) I scrape in the barrel, but... But but, uh, anyone who actually wrestles, they have a good chance of wrestling me. But I have out-wrestled many times, frequently, throughout my career... Yeah, MMA wrestling. When it's MMA, it's different. On a wrestling mat, one, you're not getting punched. Two, there's no cage, you know. It's completely different. Same as everything where jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu for jiu-jitsu with pyjamas on and gi is completely different to getting punched in the face. (laughs) It's like everything, and that's why I always say to everyone, goes, oh, well, yeah, no, I'm going to want to do MMA. I'm going to do my jiu-jitsu over there. I'm going to do my boxing here. I'm going to do my wrestling. No, mate. Go to an MMA gym and if you want to be an MMA fighter, you need to go somewhere to put it all together, you know. Don't get me wrong, if you want to get a good base in certain areas, 100%. Go learn your boxing there, go do your jiu-jitsu there. They give you good fundamentals in those areas. But if anyone wants to compete in mixed martial arts, you need to get to a gym where you practice wrestling. For example, I taught wrestling today with the pros uh, Team Titan. It's so 
MMA orientated. It's like you're wrestling from a rest, uh, a punching stance, yeah. not wrestling like half crouched down. So yeah. it is completely different, you know. Uh, so as this fight stands, I mean, looking at this matchup, because one of the things that excites me when you look back at Gaethje's fights as well, particularly when you look at... Back Which one? At, well, all, all of them. <laughs> leg kicks are a big part of his game, and that's another bit that people don't quite clock onto, is that he leg kicks are so important in his game. Those legs open up the head and slow down his opponent so he can get him against the cage, whereas you've got Barboza, and you've got to watch that Dan Hooker fight that he just won where it was difficult to watch the amount of damage Dan Hooker, despite that warrior spirit, was going through... Are they going to come out and match each other, leg kick for leg kick? Is is that going to be the difference once again? Um, Barbosa wins. Yeah. Um, for me, Barbosa wins unless he gets caught. Because okay. obviously, for me, Barbosa is one of those people within the UFC. I think he's pound for pound one of the best strikers by far, you know, technically. Yeah. But he's also been one of those people who's been bingoed a few times. So Bingoed a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it kind of like when you have... Uh, <laughs> When you're that person in front of you and you've been you've been knocked out a few times, you're like, I'll take a couple of you, mate, to land mine to try and knock you out, you know? So there's, like you say, there's a chink in his arm where he can be knocked out if he gets hit. And someone like Gaethje don't mind taking a few, as you see in most of these fights, to try and land his. So he, for me, it'd be a case of, is he going to take a few from Barbosa to land his and survive? Because now Gaethje's getting to the stage where... He's getting dropped. He's getting put down as well. Yeah. So, like, technically, the better striker is Barbosa, but Gaethje can land heavy punches as well. well so, and also, and also, he can take so much. Yeah, as well. exactly. He, he can, can take. He just he, keeps coming. You're not going to want to stand in front of Barbosa taking too long. I think Barbosa, but like, you're going about how crazy this sport is. Gaethje has a very good chance of winning. I think that Tony Ferguson fight with, with Barboza is one to look at as well because he's the only one that really ate the kicks and kept coming forward. And if anyone is on this roster in that division is going to keep coming forward, I think it's Justin Gaethje. So I but think... Wasn't, which one was it Justin Gaethje when he... When, I think it was, it was for Dustin Poirier where his leg was getting pretty... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so like... When you get leg kicks, like Dustin Poirier doesn't run, he, he has a very good leg kicks... But nothing compared to, to Barbosa. They're vicious. Yeah, they are very vicious. So how early it would take Barbosa to, to set up? Because sometimes, like, same with Aldo. Aldo's got really great leg kicks, but sometimes you can kind of, like, go away from them. I don't know how that is. You see see Aldo in a lot of these fights where he just destroy people with leg kicks, and then you see some fights where he just boxes. You're like, I don't get it. Yeah. You have such a powerful tool where you should use them more. So it'd be interesting. What a fight. That is, that's yeah. so exciting. Bomb line, bomb line, it'd be an amazing what a fight. fight. What a fight. So uh, the other fights on the card we'll just give a mention to as well. Ross Pearson is taking on the Predator, Des Green. And Pearson, UK, but based now out in Australia, one and five in his last six. A lot of pressure comes with that, right? He is He's so. a stalwart in the UK MMA team. He's, he's been in some of the most exciting fights in the, uh, I think he's gone down to 145 before as well, but we're 155 division, but needs a win, right? Yeah, 100%. Isn't like going into um, any, any of these fights off a, a few losses, you always kind of think, even though like he's been in the UFC for a long time and he's a recognised name and stuff like that, you still always think, am I going to get a cut? Am I going to get a cut? You know? So, uh it's always important just to win, you know, sometimes just say, especially to stay. He's got a family now. It's a good job. It's a very good job. So even when I, when I go back to my career, for me personally, maybe I hung around a little bit longer than I should have done. 
just because like I'm very competitive. I hate losing anyway, so it was suck the losing the end of my career. But I'm like, hey, I'm earning good money for my family, you know? yeah. And, and bottom line, Food that's what it's table. about. Yeah, that's what it is, you know. So he's gonna want to keep in a job, and to be honest, it's one of the best jobs in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's the best job in the world. I, I prefer outside the cage, mate, rather than taking some of those leg kicks and head kicks that keep coming. But another fighter that needs a win as well, Paul Craig, takes on Kennedy Zichukwu at uh, light heavyweight. And then uh, one that I really want to give a mention to, a fighter that's returning to the cage after a, a long layoff, Ray Borg. Uh, well documented. I don't know if you know about the, the issues with his son. He had a newborn child uh, who needed multiple brain surgeries. Uh, hydrocephalus, which is basically an abnormal amount of water on the brain. So they've had operations in August um, and then they had to have more operations in October after there was an infection. And we're talking about a newborn kid here, mate. And we're in America and we're parents and just seeing him struggle and not just mentally but financially in America having to pay for all those operations. Just a massive shout out to Brendan Sharp who, uh, who's actually helped him with some of these, these bills, these costs, said it on the Joe Rogan podcast, followed that through, has helped and supported him. Now Ray Borg is stepping back into the cage. Uh, he's taking on Kyla Phillips. Now Kyla Phillips, I don't know much about Kyla Phillips, but there is going to be so much love for Ray Borg going in there and that to come through... I mean, they talk about all the other rubbish that goes on in life. When you are facing your child and, and they're going through what they are and you can follow his story on Instagram, just seeing a kid in hospital attached to tubes and not being able to cuddle them properly, not being able to take them home, that's that's dark stuff. And, and him coming back, even throughout all that, that's that says a lot about Ray Borg and his family, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, like, like I say, being, being a father myself, I find I'm very emotional in general, you know, so like anything involving your kids, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's not even funny we're t- even talking about, thinking about it. But he's got to really try and keep the emotion aside when he competes because some people are different. Me, I'm not very good competing when I feel emotional. You know, I, I need to detach my emotions from fighting and fighting, thinking on the job in hand. But obviously, he's going to be very emotional. So he just needs to make sure he. He just concentrate. He's a he's a fantastic fighter as well. So yeah, I, and he's moving up to one thirty five. One thirty five from one twenty five as well. I think is not a bad sort of uh, career move with the uncertainty of of the one twenty five pound division. So that's why he's moving up to probably moving up to one thirty five. And like I say, I, I wish him all all the best. Obviously, going back from the. He's had a bit of a rough, weird career with the the, the Khabib uh, Johnson Conor, fight. No, the, oh, the, 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 the dolly bust, through the uh, the thing getting yeah, glass in his eye, glass yeah. in his eye, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I wish him all the best. You know, yeah. And if people want to support him, this is this is available in America. I did try and fight, buy one in the UK, but they don't ship here. I've sent him a message asking if there's any way that UK European fans can get involved in this. But you can go to outfitters.com forward slash Borg underscore strong and you can get a t-shirt that all the money goes towards helping the the medical bills out there. So if we find any news on that, we'll put it up on our social media. But massive shout out to him. Uh, looking forward to him returning to competition. That's it from us this week. I will just, just do one Time thing. Time flies. I know, mate. I know, mate. I'll just, just go have a little look at you. Just a little look. Oh, I know you did. A little look. Just want to just have a last, last little look at this beautiful face <sighs> before it goes back into competition. Just to say good luck to you, mate, on Saturday. You're getting back in there. So I'm sure all the fans will wish you luck as well. That's Saturday night in London. Yeah, definitely probably watch the um, uh, the video, <laughs> the, the YouTube uh <laughs> 
link on the next one punch podcast to see how i may look yes yeah, yeah, let's see which way the nose is facing that way but but good luck to, to you with that and again thank you for supporting the podcast we'll just ask you this this one thing if you like it you're enjoying it pass it on to somebody uh, go, go on social media tag somebody in who you think might enjoy the podcast uh, hashtag one punch pod at bt sport ufc on twitter at bt sport on instagram and if you want to get in touch with us too as well it's at yep. uh, one underscore punch on instagram and twitter for you and it's at brian with a Y, Lacey MMA on Instagram and Twitter for me as well. Also, uh, I know a lot of people will say how much, message me how much they love the podcast. If you love the podcast, please take two seconds out of your day, go on iTunes, give, leave, not to just give us the, the star rating, whatever you want. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not begging for five stars. It's what we deserve, uh, but yeah, we Give us five come stars, on, yeah, come yeah. on. Uh, but also just leave like a nice little review there because that helps us scrap the, um, the tables and stuff like that. So I would be much appreciated. Thank you. That's it. And uh, BT Spot, I've got you covered for all your needs as far as UFC this week. Uh, the prospect, somebody called Nathaniel Wood, has got his Sport in Focus documentary uh, of 15 minutes. So that's on, I think it's Thursday at 11pm, but you can follow at BT Sport UFC. They'll confirm the time, the date that that goes out. Thursday, UFC Reloaded. They're looking back at the classic UFC action at 10.15 on BT Sports 3 on uh, BT Sport 3 on Friday. One of the greatest fights ever to happen. Sanchez versus Melendez uh, is being replayed on there. So if you've never watched that fight before, go and enjoy that. That'll uh, get you some adrenaline pumping through your veins on a Friday night. And on Saturday, uh, the UFC in Philadelphia kicks off BT Sport 2 at 9 o'clock at the prelims. Pretty early. That'll do, won't it? That's a nice early start. And then 11 o'clock on the main card. We're going to be back here next week. So come and join us again. This has been the One Punch Pod. I mean, Brian Lacey. That's been Brad. One Punch. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Good night.